All right, guys, back here on Southeastern 14 with Max Barr, and uh, we are talking SEC basketball reaction from night one of the ACC-SEC Challenge. And uh, again, Max, it was a very interesting evening of action. We're going to go through each of these games overall, but I guess uh, just a biggest takeaway from you uh, from these first seven games in the ACC-SEC Challenge. What a night. I had four screens going at one time for from seven o'clock on. Um, I was in my, that was, that was my bread and butter, SEC ball all night long. Um, biggest takeaway for me personally is if Kentucky doesn't lose to Kansas after Daywan Harris goes ballistic, this team is like number one, <laughs> might be top three in the country. This team, biggest takeaway, if you just want to put it at that, we're going to have a change to our power rankings if I have anything to say about it. Put it at that. I think that is a fair uh, prediction on your part because I do think you're right about that, and we will see who is number one in our power rankings. Yeah. Next week, uh, if you want to check out our ones from this week, go ahead, but there will be some changes after yeah. uh, Tuesday's <laughs> games and probably after Wednesday's games. But that's what we kind of said. We said, hey, this is a week where you're going to start to see some separation yeah. um, based on – you know, this challenge because every team's playing, you know, another power conference team and then just, you know, other games that are on the schedule. So before we get to that, let's talk about our friends at bet online. If you want to bet any of these games coming up tonight on Wednesday, night two of the SEC ACC challenge, you can do that by heading to betonline.ag. Holiday season, of course, off and rolling NFL still in full stride, NBA and NHL uh, mid season form there. So just go to bet online, number one destination for all your sports wagering info, up to the minute, sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions, uh, the top spots for everything pro and amateur sports. And of course, not just the big four, folks. Um, also, you know, on desktop and mobile, access to any time for almost any sport that is played. Um, so I don't know if they have, you know, max dodgeball odds or anything like that, but I assume if you want to get in on some, some rec league dodgeball somewhere, they perhaps may have some odds on that. Um, so we'll find out. But they also have MMA, uh, international soccer, all that good stuff. You can find it all about online. So head over there today. Uh, use that promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And remember, guys, this just helps out the channel. If you want to help us, uh, this is how you help us, by going to, to Bet Online using that promo code BELIEF, 50% off your first deposit. Uh, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's get to where the game started on Tuesday night, and we will probably run through these pretty quickly, except for a couple, uh, which were more notable than the others. South Carolina, 6-0. and on the season, Max Barr, the Gamecocks, who we completely undervalued heading into this college basketball season, now 6-0 and with a 65-53 win over Notre Dame. I told you guys, if they win this one, look out, because not that I think Notre Dame was the best team left on their uh, non-conference schedule, but now you want to talk about a game that sets up to be a huge game that we would have never in a million years thought this would be a high-profile non-conference game. South Carolina is going to head to Clemson next Wednesday. And my goodness, uh, they got to play George Washington at home before that. So don't overlook that one, Gamecocks. But they head to Clemson next Wednesday. That thing looks juicy. And I would have never thought that heading into the season. I watched this whole game. And I did too. They, they look they look the part. I mean, they've got the they've got a great guard tandem with Michi and, and Cooper and BJ Max, a beast. They get enough production from from Wright and Davis off the bench. I mean, geez, if you told me this team was was you know worst dead last in almost every category in the conference last year, I would have said you're crazy. 
I mean, they look the part. I mean, 29 points from Michi Johnson, and he does it on only 15 field goal attempts. Like, they're efficient. They just – you know how some teams can just grind out and muck up a win? Like, they just, they look good. Like, they, they play good basketball. I like them, Blake. I do, too. I mean, again, they – you win a game like this, you know, you only score 65 points, but the defense, you know, played well. Now, as we've said before, Notre Dame's not by any means the Notre Dame of some years that Mike Bray was there. This is a right, team right. that is very inexperienced and, you know, it's, it's a complete overall uh, in a sense there for Michael Shrewsbury. But uh, this is a game that, again, these are the games you should win. And South Carolina went out and won it by 12. That's what I like to see from teams, um, especially a team like this that is trying to, battle its way up to standings. So to do that, Miles Studi only scores a point. Um, you know, Cooper only scores nine, but that's where you have a game from Michi Johnson. And we've seen that any of those four guys, whether yep. it's Mac, Cooper, Johnson, Studi, they, they can all go off for big, you know, outputs. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, think about this too. We, I mean, we talked about this guy, but Jacoby Bright is playing a huge role off the bench in terms of, you know, just bringing some consistent scoring at times. So yeah. Uh, South He's Carolina. Starter minutes. Yeah. He is. I mean, because they're starting Clark, right? But he's not playing. Yeah. He's just not playing many. He only played five minutes in this game. But um, even if you look at his minutes, like 11, 12, 12. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear kind of where things head rotation-wise. So, Gamecocks, 6-0, and a win for the SEC. And uh, we're 1-0 so far, Max. Unfortunately, <laughs> the score is going to flip in uh, the favor of the ACC in these next few Georgia Tech 67, Mississippi State 59. Um, yikes. Uh, this was not the performance you were looking for from Mississippi State. Still, you know, the defense was there, but, you know, I said this to someone on Twitter. I, I think you're just going to see this. They had started 6-0. and We said, great, good job. But without Tulu Smith, and, you know, it's not like this team has just completely turned into an offensive juggernaut by any means. Uh, they're still going to lean on their defense to win a lot of games this season. But, I think you're just going to have some of this play where it is a little up and down at times. Uh, you're going to have games like this. And I sort of just chalk this up as one of those games for Mississippi State. Um, it's disappointing without question. I don't think they should have lost to Georgia Tech. Um, but I don't know that it should be that stunning. Maybe how it played out is a little stunning because, remember, they're down 16 with like five minutes left or something. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think the offensive – the offensive limitations came out a little bit in this game. This was a tough one to watch. I mean, there some of those games where the ball just doesn't bounce your way and then it just keeps not bouncing your way and just keeps not bouncing your way, and this was one of those games for Mississippi State. I mean, I remember there was a possession where Georgia Tech gets a steal, Mississippi State steals it back, Georgia Tech steals it back, and then Miles Kelly hits a three for Georgia Tech. And it's just like, what am I watching right now? Um it was, it was just one of those games. You, you said it perfectly. Just chalk it up as one of those games. Obviously, yes, the, the offense kind of, you know, you're getting those panic attacks from last year about how bad the shooting was. I mean, one question I have is Trey Fort, only 12 minutes. Um, he looked like one of the best offensive players in that first game against Arizona State, and his minutes have kind of slowly just declined. Something, something to monitor there. Didn't get the shooting nights out of Davis and Shaq Moore that you want. And, yeah, you get a bad result. Um, I'm not panicking, just bad night. Team had a bad night. Yeah, blame me, Mississippi State fans. I was talking about how great your three-point shooting was after two games. Me too. You made 10 and 13. For the last five games, you've shot 27% or less or fewer. Yeah, 
from three, uh, 26.9%, 26.3%, 21.7%, 23.3% last night. He had the one outlier against Northwestern when they shot 36.4%. So yeah, that's not helping. Um, you know, and so the shooting numbers are kind of going backwards and if those don't get back in the right direction and they're turning the ball over some too, and that's not helping. Um, yeah, it's, it may be a little, little inconsistent uh, for this mm-hmm. team until they get to lose Smith back and they don't have the hardest non-conference schedule either. Um, so I think that they have that working in their advantage, but just for what it's worth, um, SEC schedule looks a little more interesting. Now they yeah. start the season at South Carolina on January the 6th, which looks a lot, lot tougher. Tennessee at home. Yeah. Tennessee at home, Alabama at home at Kentucky first mm-hmm. four SEC games. So um, remember this is a team that started slow in SEC play last year. So, and Tolu's return is pinned right at that time. Yeah, so they need him back. Uh, yeah, and we'll see what they're we'll see what they are once they get him back. I'm still not just saying. All right, Mississippi State's terrible. I'm not. I can't do that. All right, this next one though. Ooh, yikes! Syracuse 80, LSU 57. So the ACC takes a two-one lead here after this one. I don't have a lot to say about this game. This was just a brutal performance from LSU. Um. I thought this was a game they could win. I really did. I thought so wow. yesterday afternoon. I said, I, I think they can win this game. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't play well at all. And, I mean, again, I I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just what LSU is. Uh, two of 22 from three is not going to get it done. They turn the ball over way too much in this game. I think they finished with 18, 19, something like that. Um, gave up a lot of just – I mean, Judah Mance, let's call it what it is. He's the best player on the floor in that game. No oh, question. Yeah. He goes for 33 points, um, but to, to lose the way they did, I don't know, it's not even that they lost the game. It's just losing the way they did. I think that is sort of, yeah, not ideal for this Tigers team. I mean, I grew up in, in Syracuse country. I keep saying it. Like, this team does not rebound the ball. They, they were out-rebounded by, like, 15 by Tennessee, and they just out-rebounded LSU, just kind of bullied them around. I mean, that's – I don't want to get too negative. Two of 22 from three, probably you play a little bit different if you make a few of your your first few shots and you're not playing from behind this whole time and Mince is just driving and driving and driving. Kind of probably changed the game flow up. But, man, just this was probably the biggest disappointment I had of last night, if I want to put it that way. I thought this was a winnable game against kind of a team that should finish middle of the pack in the ACC, and they just dropped the ball on this one. Four of their six games, they've hit four threes or fewer. That's good. Um, And remember, they had 14 against Mississippi Valley State to start the season. If you take that out of the mix, yeah, two, seven, three-point performances, three, four, four, and two elsewhere. So um, they can't shoot some of those offense. And, again, they're another team that's turning the ball over too much. So, yeah, they still got Kansas State. They still got Texas in the non-conference portion, so not ideal for the Tigers. Very disappointing uh, loss, I thought. There. Yeah, disappointing. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Um, well, except for one. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that one. Uh, we're going going in order here. All right, as Max alluded to, there's going to be a new number one in our power rankings next week. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it right now. Yep, just go ahead. Um, at least for, for our voting. Now, now again, it's a, it's a composite ranking. Uh, and if they lose at home to UNC Wilmington on Saturday, that's not going to be the case. But if they beat them, uh, I think that Kentucky's going to get some first place votes in our um, staff composite rankings for next week because they just obliterated Miami. 95-73, Max knows in the pickup contest. 
Um, I said, give me Miami plus six and a half. I said, I like this Miami team. I like this starting five. You, that didn't work out well. Um, that's why you don't listen to me for betting advice. Go listen to my guy, Brian Edwards uh, or Max. They're much better at this than I am uh, from a betting standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you saw, again, that, that starting five, that's what, if, it, if you're Miami and you're going to win a game like this, you got to have way more production, right? You can't get in foul trouble. You can't have some of the things that they had in this game. Uh, didn't shoot it well. But on the flip side, I text Max after this game. I said, give me a player of the year vote right now in the SEC. I got one guy, and that is Reed Shepard, uh, SEC player of the year. Now, some of you are going to be like, oh, come on, this guy. Can't. I'm telling you right now, he is one of the most important players in the SEC to any team, yeah. period. There is zero question about this. I saw, I don't remember, it may have been Rothstein puts that out last night, the, the plus minus whatever Kentucky was when he was on the floor. Absurd. It's just an absurd number. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this was what you wanted to see for all the things we said in the off season. I said, told me many times, I said, I think this can be the best team Cal's had maybe since the undefeated team that lost, you know, whatever the, the game to Wisconsin. Yep. Um, so it's very possible if it all comes together, they're still without multiple guys. Uh, they just, you know, walloped a Miami team by 22 at home. That's a top 10 team. Uh, this was exactly, if you're a Kentucky fan and you wanted to feel a lot more confident about where your team's at, this is exactly what you wanted to see. And something else I'm going to give you a stat here. And they, and they may have pointed this out on the broadcast, but they had 26 assists in this game. 26 on, I think it was 37 made field goals. Um, tremendous. This team has it. And yeah, they, they look really good. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't take much away from him. If I'm playing devil's advocate here, just real quickly, Omir was in some foul trouble, which is he's just a huge part of Miami's front court. They don't have a lot of depth yeah. behind him. Um, so him being in foul trouble um, probably stretches the lead out a few more points. Um, but there's a reason Reed Shepard's number one in the SEC and plus minus right now. It just probably went through the roof even more, probably extended his league. Um He's great. And Aaron Bradshaw, Blake, we might see him soon. Yeah. He's warming up. Cal said we might see him this weekend, might see him next week. Oh, man. This Kentucky team might just explode through the roof. Um, Miami's probably going to be more of a fringe fringe 25, top 25 team. That win against Kansas State, they just went to overtime with Oral Roberts. So I think Kansas State's a little bit down this year as well. Um, but still, I mean, first big real test at home. Yeah. And the young kids showed out. I love to see it. Just appointment television. Yeah. I mean, again, you just look at everybody who contributed in this game and everybody, like literally everyone that played, um, made contributions. Now the DJ Wagner thing, I don't know. was there, I don't know if I've seen anything on that. Um, let me pull this His up. ankle, I think. And yeah, um, I was going to say, wasn't it, um, uh, it's, deemed a lower extremity injury so very specific but yeah i think it's an ankle um is what it was so i we'll see what happens there that's obviously something to, to monitor i think cal you know basically didn't have an update after the game but that is something to keep an eye on um for kentucky for sure so yeah huge win for kentucky and like you said i think if this is what you wanted to see from the young guys stepping yeah. in in this kind of game um and really remember this is this is a 30 point game with or 29 point game with like five minutes left so they just took it to him uh and, and there's a five like, point game at half 
Yeah, and it's just it's exactly what you want to see from this team. Yeah. Um, had a little adversity early on, weathered the storm, you know, after Miami made that run and just took it to them. Yeah, so a lot of great stuff from Kentucky here, and yes, my guess is they will be number one in our rankings next week, depending on if we all vote them uh, there. And again, they also need to beat uh, Wilmington on Saturday. But yeah. all right, let's talk about uh, the next game, which uh, Missouri fans, don't worry, we finally got here. The Fighting Dennis Gateses um, of Missouri. I don't know if I used the plural right in that regard, but they get a 71-64 win at Pitt, which I think is a sneaky good win. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I Pitt lost that game to Florida. Florida, you know, play, beat them pretty good. Was that a couple weeks or last week, I think. Um, I didn't have a lot on the resume other than that, but still, I mean, this is a team that's got good size. They're, you know, pretty, I think, experienced overall. And I thought this was a really – <laughs> big step in the right direction for Missouri. Because remember, this is a team that we were just talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago, lost that game to, to Jackson State. Really haven't just looked great yet, like, you know, to that full extent that you want them to because, you know, they played Loyola, they played South Carolina State, teams like that. Um, you know, the Loyola game is 78-70. And so this was an interesting one for me. I really wanted to see how this team responded. Um, in another kind of road type game, you know, won the game at Minnesota, rallied for a huge comeback there. Um, you know, they were down here. What was it? I think they got down six in the first half. Blake Henson, who I honestly think has been playing college basketball for at least 10 years now. Um, I felt like play, that's the first thing I said when I saw Blake Henson. I, I like, man, this guy's been playing for as long as I can remember. Uh, of course, he was at Ole Miss at one point. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sean East, we, we kept saying, and I think what we talked about with Missouri is there's got to be that guy that you feel pretty confident about, um, you know, that's going to lead you in scoring every night, right? Like last year, it was Kobe Brown or Demoy Hodge. You knew it was probably going to be one of those two guys. Now, there were other guys that stepped up at times, and you knew you had that option. But, like, I like to see what you're seeing now from Sean East, um, scoring-wise, who can kind of be in that position where he's a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, and, you know, to score 21 points in this game, that was significant, but you also have to get that scoring punch and the rebounding punch out of a Noah Carter, which they got in this game too. You know, Nick Honor didn't have his best game, but he didn't even score. And so to win a game like this on the road without Nick Honor scoring a point, that's where the additions of a Tamar Bates and Caleb Grill, 12 and 10 uh, points each for those two guys. Vanover, who I know you're going to talk about. Like, all, this is where you see the depth of Missouri. Um, and yes, they still played a lot of guys, but you started to see that rotation in terms of like double digit minutes shrink a little bit. And you're going to see that in games like this. All that to say, Max, I thought this was a, again, a sneaky good win for Missouri. And I think this is the, what this team needed from a psyche and confidence standpoint. Oh yeah. This was, was not expected. Put it that way. I thought Mizzou was going to get crushed on the glass. Pitt ranked through the first six games, like top 15, top 20 in almost every rebounding category. They're long. They defend well. They And then when those big guys go out, Federico, Federico, they'll bring in those Diaz grand brothers that are like 7'9". Um, so great win. But uh, you got to be kidding me with Connor Vanover. I've been dogging this guy. I've just been saying he's not SEC caliber. He's not, not this, not this. I've been terrible to him. And Dennis Gates, I saw this article, Dennis Gates reverted him to the practice squad in practice, benched him. Now, if there's anything that lights a fire under an athlete more than there's, there's just nothing you get benched. It's like, 
well, that ain't happening again. And he responded, 21 minutes, 6.7 rebounds. That seven rebounds for Vanover is big. He doesn't normally do that. It's more of just like a rim protector. So, I mean, to out to go into pit, enemy territory, true road game, ACC, good competition, out-rebound them. Your point guard doesn't have his good night, and you still come away with a seven-point victory? Man, I tweeted about Sean East last night, and uh, his mom actually reached out to me. Miss East, if you're watching this, your son is having a hell of a season. 20-plus points in four out of eight games so far. He's taking that step that they need to. Um, I was not expecting this. I'll just say that. This is a great result. This is going to age you're... well. It'll age very well. Miss East, you're welcome to come on with us anytime. Talk about yes. your son. Um, no, I mean, I, I do. I Listen, if you can get six points and seven rebounds from Connor Vanover, the rebounding is obviously the most important part, I think, for this team okay. in particular. You need that. I mean, if you can get yeah. that every game, that'd be great. Um, so, yeah, and then again, I think just the scoring-wise, it's pretty clear at this point. East is a guy who is kind of becoming the guy, and that's what he I said with Missouri. Dude. Yeah, like, and, and I think I said that after the first couple games. I'm like, you know, who's going to be the guy? And that was after the Memphis game specifically, looking at, you know, where things stood. So, um, yeah, that's where uh, things were at for Missouri. A good win. Again, I, I think this is going to be one that hopefully if you're a Missouri fan, um, kind of catapults you forward, knowing that you've got a pretty tough slate coming up here uh, soon. They got yeah. a game in Wichita State on Sunday. They're at Kansas, at Seton Hall, and Illinois still to go on the non-conference portion of the schedule. So a uh, pretty big stretch coming up for the Tigers. Uh, all right, this is the one that Max has been waiting for. We just, you know, we just got the one I've been waiting for in Missouri. Um, this is the one Max has been waiting for. Ole Miss, the team that uh, no longer lasts in our power rankings because they are 6-0 and at this point, and they just drubbed NC State here, 72-52. Um, this was, yeah, NC State never led in the game. Uh, if you told me Ole Miss was going to lead by, what, 23, 25 at one point, I don't know that I would have believed you. Um, but Breakfield goes for 25. Morrell goes for 12. Flanagan goes for 15. Murray goes for 12. Caldwell goes for 8. Five guys do all the scoring here. Um, but perhaps the most significant development for Ole Miss had nothing to do with this game because it came after the game when Chris Beard revealed that Musa Sise had been cleared to play the season. Uh, I will save my why on earth is this guy just now getting cleared six games into the season uh, rant for another day. But the fact that he has been is significant for this Ole Miss team that again, remember, have not they, they've not lost a game yet. They are six and zero, and they got a big game coming up on Saturday against Memphis. So to get a twenty point win here against NC State, get Musa Cisse in the mix moving forward. Boy, um, good night for the Rebels. Best night so far of the season, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this game wasn't even like it got out of hand late. I mean, it was, it was like sixteen, seventeen, most of the. Pretty much the entire second half. Um, NC State, 2 of 22 from three. They're not always going to be 2 of 22 from three. I mean, you can add a few threes to that stat line. They missed a few open shots. So, you know, call it a 15, 10-point game instead of 20 if they make a few shots. Um, finally, Breakfield breaks out. Um, I see what he did he there. Had, he, had, he had been just a ghost so far. Uh, and... When he breaks out, that that opens up the whole offense because he kind of sucks the defense in. So because Sharp isn't really that back to the basket scorer. I mean, what do you have? Zero points yet. 
Um, so Brightfield opens up that offense. Uh, Morrell has a good game. Maureen Flanagan, obviously. I thought Flanagan would honestly have a higher usage rate. Um, but, hey, they received five votes in the AP poll, and if they if they knock off Memphis, if they knock off Memphis, man, could be in for some crazy times in Oxford. I will say this, though. I will say this. Musa Sisa is probably the best defender in the nation. Um, but they haven't played a game with him. And he's, he, Chris, Chris Beard was saying he's been a vocal leader on the on the bench and at halftime he's been acting as one of the leaders of the team. But still, like, you play, what is it, six, seven games without a guy that's a huge piece, you know, it's a major piece that you can really form a defense around. Um, I'm interested to see how he fits in, if he's going to be a 10-minute guy, 15-minute guy. Is he game ready? You know, so I'm really interested. I'm being high on Ole Miss. I can't wait for this Memphis game. That I cannot wait. I'm so ha- I'm I'm so happy Moose Cisse is cleared. I can't even control my excitement, Blake. Come on. Yeah. Well, like you said, if they were to win this Memphis game, the rest of their non-conference schedule: Mount St. Mary's at UCF, winnable. Win. Cal, very winnable. Troy, win. winnable. Southern Miss, winnable. Bryant, winnable. Undefeated. Um, now, now Bryant, you know, did go win at Fort Atlantic. Uh, not long ago, but yeah. So, I mean, there's a path there. Don't want to jinx it. There's a path. They have to play well against Memphis though. They'll need their best game of the season to beat this Memphis team. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a fun one though. Again, one looks a lot more, usually an exciting game when Memphis and Ole Miss play through the proximity and all that, but this is a lot more exciting now. I think when you just look at, um, where Ole Miss is and getting CC in the mix and all that. So I'm fine. Big win for the Rebels. Uh, all right. So that, by my count, puts the SEC at a one, two, three, four, four to two advantage heading into the nightcap, which was Clemson getting an 85 to 77 win over Alabama. Um, really good game. A really good game. It was a really good game. Um, and, oh, where to begin? <laughs> Actually, I can tell you exactly where to begin. I don't have a lot to add about this game. Because here's what this comes down to. Yes, Alabama's scoring numbers had been on another level, right? Um, heading into this game. 105 points, 102, 102, 98, 81, 99. Uh, a lot of points being scored. But of course we know the one thing that we talked about in the offseason and the one reason why we were at times probably not as high on Alabama as other people were um, is the defense. And he said there are reasons for concern there. And I know we, I was joking with my guy, Hunter Johnson, yesterday on the Alabama pregame show um, that, yes, I, I have said I'm worried about Alabama's defense probably more times than I've said anything about any team heading into this basketball season. But this was one of those games where I think that was on full display. And Again, it's just I've said the name and I say Betty Ako every time because I'm like, if you just add a Charles Betty Ako, I think it changes the way teams play on the other side. Um, you don't give up as many easy baskets, but at the same time, you know, the perimeter defense too is something where Clemson goes 11 of 21 right from three in this game. Um, if you look at, you know, what other teams have done, I mean, Ohio State went 10 of 18 from three. Uh, you know, and you just keep looking at trends like that. This is a team that I think sometimes you, you really, can they fix these issues? Sure they can. I mean, there's a long season ahead, but 
I'm not saying you just completely say that a team is what it is after seven games because I don't think that's fair at all. Um, but right now, I think Alabama is exactly who we probably thought they would be. They're going to have some really high-scoring nights where they put up a lot of points, and they're going to outscore somebody just because they're going to put up 90-something. Uh, they may give up 89, but that's okay if they score 90. But there are going to be other nights where the shots aren't falling. I mean, 11 to 35 from three. It's a lot of like 11 is a lot made, but it's not a high percentage. Um, 12 to 32 from two, you know, those kind of things are just going to happen. Right. And so if your offense is not to the level that it has been, you're putting yourself in a position in some of these games where if the defense doesn't improve, you're going to lose games like this. And I mean, Clemson, I said, I, people were kind of looking at Clemson like, well, you know, it's Clemson. They're not ranked and all this, but I said, coming in, I said, Hey, I don't know. I know they haven't played the toughest schedule, but like you watch this Clemson team play. I think they're pretty good. And so I said, this was going to be a, probably a tougher game than people fought for Alabama. Um, and it, and it turned out that way, you know, so it give Clemson a lot of credit. I mean, that was a big win for them to go on the road and, and beat a team like this that obviously has a lot of upside with Alabama. Uh, and for Alabama, you know, you kind of go back to the drawing board here and really understand that you have to fix some of these defensive issues. Cause if you don't, you're not going to score 95 every night against teams like this, especially when you get into the SEC. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to add, you know, add too much to pile on and everything. You pretty much nailed it. Um, but hey, that Shefflin kid for Clemson. I mean, I was looking out for PJ Hall, Chase Hunter, Joe Girard, but Shefflin with a ties his career high with 14 rebounds. Um, and PJ Hall, 21 points in only 21 minutes. He was in foul trouble the whole game, still gets a 20 piece. So, I mean, Watching that game, you know, Alabama's offense, Mark Sears is phenomenal. I, I love Sears. I think Sears is the best player on this team. I'll put that out there right now. I think Sears is the, is the MVP of this team so far. Uh, he just makes it go, and it seems like he never misses a three. I mean, my gosh. Um, but what I will say is you, you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have those games where the shots aren't falling but you're also going to have those games where they put up like a hundred on a power five team. And then we're right back to like, Oh my gosh, they're going to outscore every single team. So until further notice with this Alabama team, it's just until they can fix that front court defense, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see either they're going to outrun their opponents or their opponents are going to outrun them. No one's getting stops though. I'll no. put it that way. Well, I think what Hunter said when we were having our conversation before the game was he said, if, if I give you, if, if you tell me Alabama finishes in the top 40 in Ken Palm on defense, do they win the SEC? I said, yes. Like, because I think they will be good enough scoring wise. If they're a top 40 defensive team, it'll be good enough to probably win the SEC or be right there with a chance to win it. Now, well, after last night, they dropped exactly to 88. They dropped a <laughs> huge amount after last night. Yeah. Uh, now again, down to 88. Um, they are 233rd in effective field goal percentage defense, 254th in three-point field goal defense. Opponents are shooting 35.1% from three. So would you like to mention the schedule, Blake? Yeah, and that's what we're about to get into before <laughs> we go into our predictions for the Wednesday night's games. As we've alluded to, Alabama is never a team that shies away from playing good competition. So you can say what you want about Alabama. They're going to always play a non-conference schedule that is very strong as long as Nate Oates is there. Um, and they, they did before, but they get Arkansas State up next. So the uh, Brian Hodgson re reunion, he returns yep. to Tuscaloosa. Um, and then it is <laughs> Purdue, neutral court game. Um, 
in Toronto, right? At the Coca-Cola Coliseum yep. in Toronto. They go on the road to play Creighton, and then they go to Phoenix to play Arizona. That's their – those are their – three of their next four games are against teams that, quite frankly, all have, you know, Final Four aspirations. Now, I know Creighton just came off of just a brutal 69-48 loss to Colorado State, but – um if you don't talk about defense, it's got to get better. It's got to get better quick because Purdue and Creighton and Arizona are going to put up some points. Yeah. And so, but, but that's, this is maybe it's good for Alabama because this is a great test of seeing, Hey, if, if you're, if you're going to say, Hey, we're going to get better defensively and we're going to do all these things. Here's the time to prove it, right? Like here's the time to show that you're really putting everything in on the defensive side of the floor when you get into the stretch of games. Cause if you don't, you're going to lose all three of them. And so if they can steal one of them. They got to steal one of those. Yeah. Look, they're good enough to win multiple. Um, but it's just they've got to play better defense. It's yeah. that that simple. So because um, yep. you can't guarantee you're going to score ninety something points against all those teams. Because I just think it's going to be hard to do. So we'll see. Tide Tide have time to figure it out. But that was you know a pretty glaring performance. I think uh, with yeah. just the issues. So. All right, we're going to quickly go through some of these games on Wednesday nights. Um, just kind of, in all honesty, we're going to we're going to group some of these th- games together because we're going to just um, we're going to hit the the highlights of what I think will be the biggest games that are yeah. going to get the most attention. Let's start with Texas A and M at Virginia. Max, thoughts on this one? Um, interesting game here. I think A and M's the better team, uh, and I'm going to pick A and M to win this one. Now, of course, it's you know they just won a game shorthanded against Iowa State. This is a little bit different maybe of a challenge because it is you know we know how virginia plays um you know i don't know that either either team score 90 here but uh yeah this is an interesting game and i think it's a game a&m can absolutely win here yeah this is the lowest total of the slate 125 this is gonna be yeah. gonna be a slow one um since we started recording i think henry coleman and tyrese radford are still questionable day to day um this is basically what I think this one's going to come down to just the Reese Beekman Wade Taylor matchup. Who who wins that? Can can Beekman contain Wade? Can Wade get his stuff off? Um, that's pretty much pretty much the game right there. Um, Beekman's like one of the best guard defenders in the nation, and Wade Taylor's one of the best offensive scoring guards in the nation. So great matchup there at the guards. Um, I think the spread's tight for good reason. Uh, should be a good one, and it's an early game, so I'm excited. Yeah, AM, by the way, now number one in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. Um, I think that could be the difference here because Virginia on, the, here, baby. Virginia on the other hand, 329th uh, defensively in that category. Ooh. So if AM gets a lot of extra opportunities, which you love to have against Virginia, knowing how they play defense, that'd yep. be huge. And, and again, something else, Virginia, we always know they turn teams over with Wade Taylor running the show. AM doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So um, that's a good thing to have going in this matchup. I, I'm going to. I'm going to go A&M on this one. I think they – but, again, like the availability, who plays, who doesn't, that's significant. So we'll see. Um, all right, Tennessee at North Carolina. It's another one, uh, ESPN game. I hate that these two are going on at the same time, but that's no. the, of the challenge. Um, yeah, this is – I thought it was one yesterday. It's a big one for the Vols here. I mean, they've got a lot to gain because you went to, you know, the Maui Invitational always thinking, hey, we can pick up a couple of signature wins, right? Unfortunately, Syracuse <laughs> – it's not really a signature win right now. I know they just beat LSU, but that's still, as you said earlier, that's not a Syracuse team that um, is, you know, it's not a top five seed or anything. No, so, no. Uh, so that's all they ha- kind of have. They have the road win at Wisconsin, which is fine, but 
you know, you, you lost those opportunities against Purdue and Kansas. If you can go on the road and beat a North Carolina, um, that would be significant because North Carolina's look really good so far. So going to be a tough challenge here, I think, for the Vols. Um, I know I, you know, went on my thing about how I think they were still the best team in the league. I find it hard to pick them in this game, just to be honest with you, um, because I, this is a home game for North Carolina and something else someone pointed out yesterday. You know, how games are called sometimes can, can really impact because Tennessee plays defense. I mean, they are physical, they're aggressive. This game's in Chapel Hill. Um, I think it's a tough, tough spot for the Vols coming off those last two. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was gonna, I was gonna touch on that. Um, the Vols just foul like crazy. Um, it's just a part of their aggressive defense, and North Carolina gets a very favorable home whistle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think the spread being like minus two here. Uh, if this was on a neutral floor, I, I bet Tennessee might be slight favorites. Um, but just because it's at North Carolina, I don't want to touch this game. But that matchup between Awaka slash Adu uh, against Baycott is going to be just – those are going to be some some men banging down low in the paint. Um, so, yeah, big-time matchup with, with like this – is, this is a matchup of men. You know, Harrison Ingram has been in the – been in college basketball for a while. This is men. No, this is gonna be big boy ball, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, Tennessee's got to control this game with their defense. That's yeah. what this comes down to. Because I, yep. I still don't know offensively that I, you know, am fully of the belief that they're gonna put up eighty in a game like this. But um, and what yeah, Ziegler think, shows up, they need sure, last year's Ziegler. Yeah, and especially again in a game like this where they need to control it with their defense. I do think that's a significant part of it. So. Yeah. All right, we're going to get to the other, what I think is you know the other, and certainly for our fan base here on Southeastern 14, we know we have a lot of Arkansas fans. We know a lot of them are, um, it's been an interesting season of sports for Arkansas, uh, where they go through the football season they went through. Now Bobby Petrino is coming back as the offensive coordinator, uh, and now they've got, you know, the clash, the rematch from the mid-90s with Duke, um, you know, the, the blast from the past here. Ooh, man, I tell you, this is one of those games where I know a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, hey, if you look at how these two teams have played at this point, Duke's going to win this game by double digits. Very well could. Very well could, because Duke's that good, in my opinion. But I'm like, this feels like one of those must-type games that we've seen over the years where they just sort of have you set up where it's like we're struggling we got a lot to figure out. We're four and three. We're disappointed right now after our performance in the battle for Atlantis. We didn't play well. Haven't played well in a while. But we're back at Bud Walton. We know what's at stake. This is a huge game. It's the biggest game left on the non-conference schedule. They haven't taken advantage of those opportunities they've had. So I don't know, Max. I mean, this is an interesting one. I... You know, part of me kind of want to pick Ar- want to pick Arkansas here because I just think this is one of those that, again, I feel like we've seen this spot before. This team just makes you think that they are, you know, all of a sudden heading in the wrong direction and they're not going to be able to fix it. And even though it's early, it's time to overreact to everything. But then this is Bud Walton. And, you know, I mean, Duke plays in a lot of crazy atmospheres, but this is a pretty crazy atmosphere and they're going to be up for this game because Arkansas fans know what this game means to them now at four and three. You don't want to be four and four, right? I mean, this is. I think this will be a very entertaining game. Um, like I said, I think. Well, what's the spread on this one? Four and a half. Give me the hogs plus four and a half. I might even take the hogs outright. Now, again, I say all that to tell you, I think Duke's good enough 
to really exploit some of these weaknesses that we've seen from Arkansas. And if they do, Duke probably wins this game by double digits. Um, I think they can absolutely do that. But I don't know. I'm just maybe it's the buying in on the the must bus to turn this thing around uh, here on this one, but not going to be easy against the Blue Devils. This has trap game written all over it from a mile away. Why is the number seven team in the country only a four point favorite on a four and three team that just lost their leading score? It, like the, the average Joe just sees that and goes, Duke, Duke. You know what I mean? Um, this just has, and if you look deeper into it, the matchups, Filipowski's got an athletic big against him in Trayvon Brazil that can guard the perimeter. You know, Filipowski's going to have a tough matchup. Um, the Duke defense grinds you out. They have like a, they average 18, over 18 seconds per defensive possession. So like those possessions in Bud Walton, when, you know, they kind of slow it down and, and kind of suck the pace out of the game and kind of get into that Arkansas, you know, nasty, aggressive mm-hmm. type of game. And it's like, oh, wait, Filipowski's kind of got his equal here with Brazil on the perimeter. Uh-oh, Arkansas is up five and a half. I'm not going to cover my minus four and a half. I see it from a mile away, Blake. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think this is like Arkansas's non-conference Super Bowl. I, I mean, they're going to be playing the hardest they have played the entire season tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could see some defensive perimeter breakdowns and Caleb Foster and Jeremy Roach bang a few threes, and we're like, oh, no, oh, no. I can see that also, but, hey. Give me, give me Arkansas money line. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, I'm not saying money it as strong line. as that. Um, money line, because Tremont Mark is—we all know my, um, you know, affinity for Tremont Mark. I talked about him all off season, and without him, it is kind of that scenario where you're like, "What's the the betting work? Bet, bet the bad news." So it's like, all right, this is the bad news. Bet the bad news because everyone's going to be all in on Duke here. Um, it does feel like a tricky sort of spot against a team that I know feels like kind of has back against the wall, just lost, you know, Mark. And uh, I mean, I guess he's, he's questionable, right? I mean, that's the, the team rallies around a player. The, the plays term is, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think it's just one of those things. Um, I'm very curious to see how this plays out because again, I can see this going multiple ways and one of them is not very good for Arkansas because Duke is the kind of team that can just sort of decimate you and take advantage of some of those things. If Arkansas is not playing well here, but I don't know, there is a part of me that's like, we've seen this from Arkansas year after year after year under Muss, And maybe this is that game, or maybe it's too early for that game. Maybe this game should be a month from now. And then you'd feel a little bit better about it. Um, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how this plays out though. Um, So I don't know that I actually want any part of this from a betting standpoint because I think there are too many uh, variables that are unknown here. But all right, energy. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, all right, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna throw all these four at you. Sorry for everyone, but I know we're kind of running long here because we are trying to react to last night's games and do the ones for um, Wednesday. But all right, here's the other four games, Max. Just give me. You don't have to give me your thoughts on every game, but what's the biggest thing you're looking for from these other four? Florida's at Wake Forest, Boston College at Vanderbilt, Georgia at Florida State, Virginia Tech at Auburn. Yeah, real quick, uh, if Florida doesn't have Han Lokton, uh, see how those see how Condon and Haw step up because Wake Forest has some pretty good perimeter bigs that can step out and shoot. That game's going to be a track meet. Hunter Salas is a beast also, transfer from Gonzaga. So kind of 
in, in, in the Florida game, trying to see how those freshman uh, front court players step up if Han Lokton is out. Um, Boston College, Vanderbilt, no lead door. And Boston College is one of the best big men in the ACC with uh, Mr. Post there. Uh, he's averaging like over 20 a game. So if Vandy can't guard the post, that one might get ugly. Um, I don't have a ton on Georgia, Florida State. I don't really have a good read on Florida State. They got bullied by Florida, but then have had a few good results. I'm just going to be kind of watching and observing, taking notes on that game. I don't really know what to expect. Um, and then same thing with Virginia Tech. Like, is Virginia Tech good? Like, I can't tell. I can't tell if Virginia Tech's good or not. Auburn's a 10-point favorite. Um, but, yeah, really, I'm just excited for that that Florida-Wake Forest game. I really think it's a big spot for those those two freshmen, Condon and Haw, Condon and Haw uh, to step up because Wake Forest got some good big men. Yeah, I think that's – at Auburn, Virginia Tech, Florida-Wake Forest, I think there's some – Interesting storylines with those two, but also yeah. curious to see if Georgia can go on the road and get a win against Florida State because I mean that's a Florida State team. Like I said, we just saw Florida just take it to right. I, I mean, can't get just, a read on them, Matt. Yeah, so it's it's a big game. Um, I think for Georgia just to try to build some momentum moving forward. So yeah, and by the way, I mentioned a minute ago I I was looking at the older update. But yeah, I mean Tremont Mark, we we all pretty much know he's playing a play in this game. He's officially listed as doubtful with this game. Um, I think I said questionable, but again, I just think it's, I would be shocked if he plays. Yeah. It's, that's the thing is right. You always want to leave open that, you know, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, so we'll see, uh, what happens with these games. Uh, and yeah, it's, this should be a lot of fun on night two of the ACC SEC challenge. And again, we appreciate you guys as always be sure to hit that like button. If you enjoy our SEC basketball coverage, we give it to you every day here on southeastern 14 and uh, again be sure to check out all of our other stuff uh football wise of course going into the championship game on saturday between georgia and alabama we'll have all of our bowl stuff ready after that once uh, all the bowl placements come out and everything and a lot more football stuff coming every day here as well so check it all out hit the subscribe button really helps us out and uh, again be sure to check out our friends at bet online and again we appreciate you guys watching here at southeastern 14 uh, and we'll talk to you again here soon uh, on the channel presented by bet online